Welcome to Antelope Road Christian Fellowship. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit myarcf.com. All right. Would you guys please give an ARCF Foundation welcome to Pastor Dennis, who's bringing us the word. Thank you, brother. Excited. Amen. Hey, so um, close the doors. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Lord is so good. I, I want to tell you today, um, it's, it's going to be fun. I don't know if it's going to be fun for you or me. I got something to talk to you about. So uh, we're in a process of uh, a series called uh, Christmas at the Movies. And so Pastor Greg, a couple of weeks ago, said, hey, I'd like for you to be involved. Uh, take a Christmas movie that I haven't already chosen. I think it was something like that. And you can, you know, there's so many of them. And so I chose a movie that I remember watching years ago called Jingle All the Way. Yeah. So anybody younger than Joe say yeah? Okay, yeah. So that's it. That's the problem with choosing a movie. Uh, Pastor Greg has mentioned it often is that because we have multi-generational, uh, when, you, when you make a reference, people are going to go, if I said Jingle All the Way was the confluence, which is the, the, the uh, mixture of the governator, Darth Vader, and a, and a volleyball, some of you know who the governator is. Arnold. So Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do you know what I mean when I say Darth Vader? The young boy actually is the same guy that, that was Anakin Skywalker. And then um, the, I, the, when I talk about the volleyball, I'm, I'm actually saying what? What would you say? The volleyball. No, yeah. No, the volleyball. Yes, and what do you call it? Wilson, and Tom Hanks' wife is in the movie and her last name is Wilson. Okay, never mind. It was a reach. Come on. So, so now I've just ruined the movie for everybody. <laughs> but but uh, just to let you know, I, I wanted to start today with uh, a version of, of two truths and a lie. Now, if you've ever run a youth group or tried to get people to know each other, two truths and a lie is a fun little game. How many people have played it before? Okay, so this is how it works. Uh, somebody will, will give three statements... And you, you, it's your job to determine what, which one is untrue. So I'm going to do a variation on that, and I, I guess I'll start. Just kidding, I'm the only one with the mic. Okay, so, so I'm going to give you three statements. I'm going, to, I'm going to say them a couple times. You get to determine. Now, some of you already know the answer, because I've done this t- to some of you before. But, so I'm, I'm going to read the, the statement. So don't just blurt out like, hey, I know he's lying. Okay, yet. So... Uh, So here are three statements. My first language was Japanese. Number two. I sang the national anthem at a professional sporting event. Number three. I won first place at a a cow chip throwing contest. (laughs) 
I'll repeat them, and you get to, by, you know, what I want to, what I, I'm going to reverse it. So if you think it's a lie, I want you to give a big applause. Not yet, but I'm going to repeat them one more time. Number one, my first language was, was Japanese. Number two, I sang the national anthem at a professional sporting event. Number three, I won. I was the, the grand champion of a cow chip throwing contest. I'm going to say it. So if you, th- you make your choice, Ever make, everybody made your choices. Number one, uh, my first language was Japanese. Okay, so those people think I'm lying. I feel good about myself. Number two, I sang the national anthem at a professional uh, sporting event. Ye of little faith. Okay, okay. Number three, I won. First place at a cow chip throwing contest. <laughs> people, more people believe I could throw crap around. Okay, I get it. All right. <laughs> now, now, the truth of the matter is my variation is all of those things are true. That was my variation. So actually, my first language was Japanese. Miso chodai. That means water, please. I believe. <laughs> That's what my dad told me. <laughs> Okay, and, and I did sing the national anthem at a sporting event. Uh, I, I was actually on the field with my uh, championship 10-year-old uh, Little League team at the Rivercats game. It actually happened. And I was in San Diego, and they had, you know what a cow chip is? It's the, what the cow leaves over, and it's dried, and you can throw it, and I won. So, so the thing is, I hope you're not disappointed, but really what I told you were things about me that are true. But it's hard to believe some of that stuff, huh? It's easier to believe that I could throw crap around than other things, right? I, I love that. So <laughs> I, I, I chose a movie called Jingle All the Way, and I want to give you a, um, a recap. So I'm, this is a spoiler alert, right? So if you've not seen the movie, this is what it's about. But I'm going to give you the, the, all the positive things first. I wrote it down so I couldn't make a mistake so much. Jingle All the Way is a story about a young boy who hears a, the, a voice call out his name. He does not realize it's the voice of his father. The boy follows the sound of the voice. While in his father's presence, the son receives a long-awaited and sought-after gift. This ecstasy is short-lived. Suddenly, the enemy is on the scene to steal the gift. A cosmic fight ensues. The father vanquishes the villain in spectacular and convincing fashion. The hero saves the child the son is restored to his father. Seen and dark, you know, whatever, right? So that's a good homework cap. And that is actually part of the story. But if that was the story that we came to see, it would be over in about five minutes. <laughs> and I, I'm not a film critic, critic but I, I, I think I observed enough that films are about human failure. Those are the ones that are interesting, especially in comedies. Comedies take our failures and blow them up beyond what's reasonable, and then, then we can just laugh at them. Like if somebody's clumsy, how often are they going to fall in a movie? If somebody has a moral issue, how often are they going to fall in that? Repeatedly. Well, the issue with Jingle All the Way, it's, it's, it stars Arnold, and, and he, his name's Howard, and he is a liar. How many times do you think he's going to lie in this movie? 
And what do you think he's going to go through because of his lies? Now, I, I don't pretend that you're all liars. Wait, wait a minute. Let me, do I have a, the clicker here? How do you turn this on? Click a button, any button? The big one? Oh, I should turn it on? I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, wait. What could happen? On? Oh, look at that. So the title of my message is Jingle All the Way, Accessories Not Sold Separately, Batteries Not Included. And I want to tell you that in life, what you've known is that everybody loves the jingle all the way. We are, we are uh, uh, attracted to packages that are beautifully wrapped. We're attracted to things that look like they're great, great packaging. The problem is when we take the purchase home, we realize the disclaimer. I say this, if you've been married any length of time, you, got, you purchased the jingle all the way. I'm sorry, this is rude. But accessories aren't sold, or they're sold separately. And batteries are not included. The truth of the matter is, the truth is different than the initial packaging. And we can laugh at that if we want. We can laugh at it. <laughs> But let's talk about the, the issue is when, when we buy a package, and I, I, I know that they've changed a lot of the standard now, but you used to buy a package and you think it's all there and all of a sudden you open it and it doesn't work because there's no batteries or you need to add this extra thing. It, it becomes a misleading statement. It's lying, it's frustrating, it's disappointing and you learn to distrust. Um... I just think that, that the character that Arnold plays is a man that is under this huge pressure to express love to his child. And he's a complete failure. He, he's not a failure because he's a bad guy. He's a failure because he doesn't know what the truth looks like. And he'll say things in order for people to appreciate and love him. He will do whatever it takes. And, and I, I know not all of you feel this way, but if you've ever found yourself in a lie, you know the next statement or the next, the next segment of period of time is you're trying to protect yourself from being exposed as a liar. Now, I don't need for you to raise your hands because I can raise my hands for both, all of us. I know that if, if I find myself in a lie, I, I automatically will tell you it's not my fault. <laughs> it's work or traffic or uh, I, I really want to be there on time, but I, I didn't. And, and I will give you a, a slew of good excuses why I wasn't able to keep my word. I, was I am always framed. <laughs> because accessories are sold separately and batteries aren't included. So at least half of the movie, just to let you know, will be this guy Howard chasing after a toy that is completely sold out. You know, liars are continually chasing after things so they don't get caught in the lie. Um, so we, we can look at, uh, I'm going to say something that you're not going to like. All men are liars. I heard one amen. 
Uh, I said it. So let, let me provide some, some evidence. So, okay, I'm going to... Oh, oh, did you do that or did I do that? Oh, good. I trust you. So you guys know this, and I remember seeing enough uh, TV dramas with court cases that, that if you ever go to trial, and some of you have experienced this, I've never had the pleasure of experiencing this, where, where you have to go to a court and they put your hand on a Bible, maybe, maybe they don't do that anymore, but you say something like this, I swear that the evidence that I shall give shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. I think that's fantastic, but I think that that really shows in evidence the condition of every human heart. In my heart, I don't want to tell you the truth. I don't want to tell you the whole truth, and I don't want to tell you nothing but the truth. What this does is, watch, see if I can do this. Bam. Oh, look at this. You're welcome. There are three kinds of lies. Now, I bet you psychologists and people who really care have a bunch of others, but there are three basic kinds. There's one called the lies of commission. Now, commission means I purposely do this. Commission says, I swear to tell the truth. If I say something that is not a fact, we call that a lie of commission. Right? So if I said, I'm not thirsty, that would be a lie. Because <laughs> I was thirsty. Right? The next one is this. Oh, look at you go. The lie of omission. The whole truth. Lies of omission are when I choose to leave something out of the truth. Now, you could have, in my example earlier, when I said I sang the national anthem at a, sporting, a professional sporting event, you might have gone, eh, I don't know about that. Because you could have said, well, I don't know if he was down on the field. Man, doesn't everybody sing that? You could have said that. Ah, see, see I, I could have given, given just part of the truth. But, seeing that, but lying in omission means I'm not going to tell you things that incriminate me. Right? And anybody feel guilty right now? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to tell you how bad, you, I mean, uh, your, your human condition. Third, our character lies are lies of influence. That is nothing but the truth. And I want to tell you, character lies are not necessarily untrue, but they are an attempt to create a false or misleading impression. Now, I want to tell you, listen, I, I, I was thinking I could give you a character study, but what better way than just talking about me? So one of the things is most of you don't know me like I know me. So I've been a Christian since I was 18. That, that's a long time ago. And I know things about me when I was 18 and younger that I don't really want you to know. Uh, God has done a, an incredible work in my life. That is the truth of truths. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you that I fit firmly in this group. that I would say almost anything to anybody at any time in order for me to look better than I really was. 
I couldn't tell you the truth if, if it hit me over the head. I, I, I would tell you a lie. And I, would, I wouldn't tell you lies of commission. I wouldn't say blah. I wouldn't say lies that, that were absolutely untrue. But I would definitely avoid issues that would make me look bad. My three favorite words, when I first became a Christian, and I had a pastor that loved me enough, and he said, my size shoe will be in your rear to, in order for you to tell the truth. That is almost a quote. I, I think he adjusted a word or two. But the truth of the matter is, my words were, ready? Basically, fundamentally, because I'm smart, essentially, Did you do this? Well, basically I did. I fundamentally did what you asked me. Essentially, I completed my homework. What does that mean? There's a huge wiggle room that says, I really didn't do it. I don't want you to expose me. Now, that's who I was. Sort of. <laughs> now, I say this not to just purely expose myself, but, you know, I'm old and I don't care about what you think about me about that anymore. I mean, truth, right? In a few years, I'll be gone, and then you'll have a memory of this on some recording. But the truth of the matter is, if you're in that, that range, I want to I give you hope. Being in a place that I want people to think better of me than I am. We, my pastor used to say, Dennis, everything you do is couched. Everything you do is so that people will think better of you than you really are. And he literally, spiritually beat that out of me. He forced me to see truth and gave me a way out. So today, I just want to tell you, if you're stuck in that, and I, I can pretend that at least a third of you, probably a lot more, or in a place where I really want people just to like me. When I was a teenager, I, this is the story I tell people. My, my brother, who's a year older than me, and my next door neighbor, we, we were three, I mean, my closest friends, and they would have a conversation about politics. They were teenagers. One would be conservative, one would be liberal. This is actually the conversation. One of them would say, I believe this. And I go, oh, that makes sense. And the other one would say the opposite. I believe this. And I go, that makes sense too. Because deep down in my heart, my lack of understanding who I was and my lack of value, I wanted them to love me. I wanted them to be friends with me. And I wouldn't say anything that was contrary in order to break some sort of relationship. I don't hear any amens, but it's okay. It's all right. I know some of you are like me. Maybe just me. <laughs> but I think I can, uh, I, I want to tell you that there's other proof too. Ready? Watch this. Now I'm going to tell you. The next part is really sketchy. All right? It really is. It's really sketchy. So please understand. All men are liars. Now, you might be saying, I don't know about that. I don't think I am. 
The Bible says all men are liars. <laughs> I got you now. Watch me. Follow along because it's really important. Psalm 116, verse 10 and 11, in the authorized version of the Bible says, all men are liars. Aha! Uh -huh. How many people felt there was a nail just yet? But can I tell you, you're going to love this, that's not true. <laughs> I just bamboozled you because the truth is this. The New Living Translation says this, and if you re actually read the scripture, notice I took a bit of scripture and I took it fully out of context. And because I'm a gullible son of a gun, I thought, oh, that, that's what it means because I believe that I'm a liar. So therefore, everybody's a liar because that would make me feel better if I'm not the only liar. <laughs> oh, I just confessed to you. I like this scripture because if everybody's a liar, I can raise my hand and say, I'm a liar. <laughs> But the scripture says in David, the context, he says, I believed in you. He's referring to God. So I said, I'm deeply troubled. This is a, this is a prayer. I'm deeply, deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety, I cried out, these people are all liars. Notice how you can take a scripture and totally take it out of context. This is for free. I, I planned it, but, but I, I want to let you know, listen, don't take everything that everybody says at face value. Be Berean. Be a Berean. Study. Go back to the reference points. What do you, what's the context? What's the text? What does it really say? Now, I said that basically because I used to believe that. I heard the scripture. I read the scripture. I go, oh, oh that's what it's saying. And then I realized that's not what it's saying. I have to, I have to find out what the truth is about me. Let's see what else I have. Do I have anything else? Maybe. Uh, that's it? Good for me. I guess I'm done. No, I'm not done. I knew it. I knew there's more. So the, uh, the issue comes down that if the Bible says that all men aren't necessarily liars, and I know that I'm a liar, it sets me in a pretty vulnerable place. I need to find out what the scripture actually does say. And so I, I want to encourage you to turn to page 641. So if, first of all, we'll stop. If it, does anybody need a Bible? If you, if you need a Bible and you're able to pass one out, I know that it looks like Rhonda needs one, a couple Bibles. We're, we're going to go to Jeremiah 17. And, and if you have a, one of the homegrown Bibles here. It's page 641. Six forty one. So it's Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. This is what the scripture says about me. I think, I think what and the reason why I said the thing about all men are liars, like I said, is I, I was comfortable that all men are liars because that sort of protected me from being the only one. Does that make sense? That, that's how much of a liar I was, is that I didn't want to be exposed as a liar. See, I'm giving you more information than I need to give you. Some of you really get it. 
<laughs> um, it is chapter 17, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10, page 641. This is what the Lord says. Oh, this is good. <laughs> that's a, when you can start with that, that's fantastic. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. You've got to hear this, brothers and sisters. You can look and go, well, I'm not going to trust this guy because the Bible says I shouldn't trust in mere humans. Yes, it says that. It also says to me, don't trust in myself. That's what, this has to speak to me as well. Do not trust my own strength because I'm a liar. (laughs) Okay, reading on. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. There is hope for me. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing. There's a condition in me that I'm a liar, but there's still hope. Verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. And desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine all secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to the actions they deserve. Now, I want to tell you, for some of us, we're going, oh my. God really looks at me and and he's going to give me what I deserve? please, no, don't do that. (laughs) Don't give me what I deserve. In fact, the whole message of Christ is that we don't get what we deserve, huh? That's what mercy means. But I need to be in a place where because I could get what I deserve... I need to be really honest about who I am. Right? I, I want to encourage you, if, if you're that person that's still playing games with God, which some of us have been, I've done that before, that God may be speaking to you about, hey, be straight. Be honest. The scriptures speaks in Matthew 5, and where Jesus says, blessed are the meek, the scripture says it's described as blessed are those who know their need for God. It's when I don't think I need God that I play games. That's just, that's my history. Yeah, so Jeremiah sort of leaves me in a helpless state. You know, this guy Howard, he was stuck in a life, a life cycle. He was always chasing after some way to, to protect his tail. He didn't want to be exposed. And I want to tell you that the plan of God is to free us from that cycle. One of the greatest gifts, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you know him as your Lord and Savior, this is an evidence. I I kid you not. You don't have to look over your shoulder. Now, I'm going to say this. 
If today you have to look over your shoulder like, oh, you might need to re-examine your walk with God. I mean that sincerely. I don't mean that judgmentally. I just know that, that I've done stuff that I deserve massive judgment <laughs> in my life. But that has been taken care of. And because it's been taken care of, it's under the blood of the Lamb, I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. So if you find yourself looking over your shoulder, it may be a, an indicator for you to re-examine your relationship with the one who sets you free. Does that make sense? Okay. But I, I need to take us to another prophet. If you would go to Ezekiel chapter 36, it's page 712. Ezekiel 36. This gives us the rest of the story. My heart is deceitful. I'm a wicked man. The core of my flesh wants to be disobedient, do evil in, in, in this world. I want to be a liar because that makes me look better than I really am. But Ezekiel chapter 36 really gives a different and a complete picture. So Ezekiel 36, starting at verse 16. Then this further message came to me from the Lord. <gasps> Another word from the Lord? I need, to, I need to focus on this then, right? Son of man... And daughter of man, son of man, when the people of Israel... Now, let me tell you the backstory. Uh, just because you know it, it, it's, it's talking about people who have walked away from God. So the story is, historically, the, the people of God were called the Israelites because they were related to Jacob, the Israelites. And then there was a division, and there, there were 10 tribes of the north that were walking away from God, and they were called Israelites the nation of Israel, and then the two tribes below were called the, the tribe of Judah. That's where we get the word Jews, by the way. So Jews and the Israelites. And the Israelites were just walking away from God. They'd, they'd fully walked away, worshiping other gods. This message is to them specifically. But it also applies to us when we find ourselves in times of trouble, Mary, mother comes, no, no. When we find ourselves in, in times where we are struggling with the sovereignty of God. Okay, so this is a message to us as well. Verse 16. Then this further message came to, a, to me from the Lord. Son of man, when the people of Israel, the 10 tribes, were living on their own land, they defiled it by every evil way they lived. To me, their conduct was unclean as a woman's menstrual cloth. Ooh. They polluted the land with murder and the worship of idols. So I poured out my fury on them. I scattered them to many lands to punish them for their evil way they had lived. But when they were scattered among the nations, they brought shame on my holy name. For the nations, the other nations said, these people, these people of the Lord, but uh, these are the people of the Lord, but he couldn't keep them safe in their own land. Then I was concerned for my, my holy name on which my people brought shame among the nations. These people were blatantly walking away from God and still had God's name on them. Therefore, 22, therefore give the people of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. 
I am bringing you back. Not because you deserve it. Oh, 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 this is a different sort of message, right? The word deserve is, is common. Because of my wicked heart, I deserve to be separated from God. But God says, listen, you're, you're wicked people. Uh, I, I sort of need to own that to some degree. And I'm going to give you something even though you don't deserve it. Free. I'm doing it to protect my holy name on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. Oh, God's concerned about his reputation. I will show how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again. You know what? I just told you earlier that I'm a flat out liar. But you know what God did with me? He changed me. I couldn't tell you the truth. Couldn't do it. If I, if I thought it meant a break, if I thought you would be disappointed, if I thought you would walk away from me, I couldn't do that. But God changed me. God allows me to speak truth. I couldn't tell you this. I couldn't preach this message. Because, I, oh, they might not like what I say. It's not that I don't care about your opinion. I just don't care about your opinion. <laughs> 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. Well, I didn't think that my lying was based on idol worship. <clears throat> I mean, I would never, never admit to worshiping idols. That's bad. But can I tell you what I was putting ahead of anything God had for me was what you thought of me. One of the things the Lord has told me in my growth, in my maturity, in my, my time with him, is that it is not my job to protect my reputation. Ha, I don't look over my shoulders anymore. I, I just don't. I, I, I want my reputation to give him glory, not me glory. I'm free from that. I'm free from that. I, 26, I will give you a new heart. I will put a, put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn, lying heart. No, I didn't say lying heart, but it's there. And give you a tender, responsive heart. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and carefully obey my regulations. See, this isn't about laws. It isn't about, you know, standing and saluting and marching. It is about a heart condition. 
that says, my heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can change me? You know what's crazy? (laughs) Let me finish this off. It says, and you will live in Israel, the land I gave your ancestors. There's a restoration that that's happening. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will cleanse you of your filthy behavior. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. I will give you good crops of grain. I will send more, no more famines on the land. I will give you great harvest from your fruit trees and your fields. And never again will, you, will surrounding nations be able to scoff at your land for its famines. Then you will remember your past sins and despise yourself for all the detestable things you did. See, I, I don't, I, I didn't come up here saying I'm a liar so that, that, that you could say, oh, well, maybe I should be just like him. <laughs> if you are a liar, if you, if you resonate with what I said, I want to, we can pray together and I, and I can give you counsel how the Lord pulled me out of that crud. I was helpless. Until a hand reached out from heaven, seriously, it pulled me out of that. 32, but remember, says the Lord, the sovereign Lord, I'm not doing this because you deserve it. Oh, my people Israel, you should be utterly ashamed of all you've done. What a mixed message. Thank you, Lord, for showing me how much I truly need you today. You know, I could talk to you about Jacob. I, I could go on. I've got another hour. Listen, listen, I, I want to encourage you. I, I dare you. If you do this, please give me a note that you did it. I, I, I just am interested. If you read Genesis starting in 25 through like 27-ish, 30, whatever, there's a life of a guy named Jacob. Just a real thumbnail sketch. Some of you know this. He was named Jacob for what reason? He grabbed the heel of his twin brother Esau. And Jacob means deceiver or supplanter. Thank you for naming your children Jacob. (laughs) Of course you didn't name your baby. Oh, you're a liar. I think, woo. No, you didn't name him that for that reason. You didn't name him heel grabber or supplanter or liar or cheater, which he was. You named him for the rest of the story from the point where he got confronted with his sin and he got afraid of his life and he, he was helpless and he, he went before God and he had this bad dream where he's wrestling the almighty God and God says, hey, you are who you are, but I'm going to change your name. Now, wait, wait, let me ask you a question. I, I can talk to one mom that named their kid Jacob. By the way, James means the same thing, <laughs> which I think is funny. <laughs> I do. If you wanted to change your name from liar or cheater, what would you change the name to? When you tell, when you say, I'm going to change you from liar to truth teller, from cheater to honest, wouldn't that be the logical? That's not what God did. 
He changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Do you know what Israel means? You're going to love this. One who struggles or fights with God. Ah, I'm home. (laughs) That is the skin I can live in. It's not that I don't have a tendency or desire to make myself look good. Please understand that. But I live in the truth that in my struggle with God, He is bigger, stronger, more able to change me than I could ever do. So, the story of this movie is this guy, Arnold, is running around chasing after this toy. And he's running from the consequences of his lie. And in this movie, it's sort of bizarre. All of a sudden, he finds himself running up the stairs and he goes into a room because he's being chased. Then all of a sudden, things start happening to him. He goes into this room and people start putting stuff on him. They clothe him. Now, just to let you know, the the object of his son's desire is Turbo Man. Now, just pretend it's Buzz Lightyear. It's Buzz Lightyear before Buzz Lightyear. And so there's this Christmas parade. And all of a sudden, Arnold finds himself in this room. And all of a sudden, he's being, he's being handled. And people are putting stuff on him. And all of a sudden, he finds himself. And he is dressed up as... Can I tell you that anything that you see of good quality in me has been put on me? The hope that I have in Christ is that he clothes me with righteousness. He clothes me with with good behavior because why? Because he knows I'm his child. See, the gift I've always been yearning for, I thought was something I can grab a hold of. But the gift I really needed was something totally eternal, totally something that he put within me. The beautiful message of this season is not that Jesus was born in the winter. He was probably born at the Feast of Tabernacles. Let me tell you why. The Feast of Tabernacles is a moving feast, which means it changes the date every year. And it's probably in the September-October range every year. Do you know what the Feast of Tabernacles is? It means, ready, you're going to love this, it means God with us. Emmanuel. Who knew? Right? When, so when the prophecy comes, it says, I'm going to give you a son and you're going to name him Jesus and he will be with us. It is a fulfillment of God being with us. My hope isn't that I become a nicer version of me. You don't want that guy. I'm so thankful 
the, the gift of God was Him with me, in me. So as we celebrate this season, I want that to be our, our claim. I want that to be our reality. That I don't want a present under the tree. I want the present inside me. That's what I celebrate. I celebrate the fact that Jesus has come inside of me. And if you don't know that, if you don't have that experience, if, if it's just church or it, it, it's a family experience, please understand, we would love to pray with you regarding that. Our desire is that you would be set free like I've been set free. I truly don't look over my shoulder anymore. It's not because I'm sinless. It's because I'm forgiven. <laughs> I'm not happy because I'm a happy person. I'm a happy person. I get it. I get it. But I have joy because I've been set free from prison. At the end of the story, the son is, is saved by his father and then he unveil, unveils a mask and all of a sudden, this boy, has he, the prize was a, a model or a little action figure. And he looks at the action figure and he looks at his dad. He looks at the action figure. He looks at his dad and he gives the action figure to the evil person that was trying to get the doll. He says, why do I need that? Why don't I got my dad? Why do I need religion? Why do I need all this other trappings if I've got dad? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today because your word is true. Your word is, your word is more powerful than anything I've said. Your, your word is active and alive. Your word changes our heart. Your word is completely rearranging our molecules and our mindset. Today, I pray that what was spoken today, what was in my heart to say, was, would, be, would be, just be minuscule compared to what you want to do in people's lives. I thank you that you are a God that doesn't just give us an action figure, just, just a model of who you are but you desire to put your spirit in us and you've given us that opportunity. So I pray that you would continue to change our hearts in that, that fashion, that, that you would be alive and active in each one of us. I pray your grace upon each one here. Let your blessing be upon the families represented in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings.